Francesca, thanks very much for joining us. Just pick up a little bit on um, aerated um, and, and also, uh, I guess, the influence of the health crisis. Aerated uh, aims to be the global benchmark for indoor air quality. Uh, the global nature of it is more just that it's aligned to global best practice standards. So in the UK, you've got BRIAM, you've got SIBSI. In the US, you've got LEED, ASHRAE. And then in sort of Australia, so you've got Green Star. So we've aligned ourselves to best practice standards. It's things that people are really familiar with, which is always nice. We're a relatively new uh, building certification. So I think people are familiar with BRIAM and LEED. They're the sustainability ones. They've been around for a while. And sustainability has been sort of trendy for the past decade. And then wellness has sort of been left behind. So the healthy buildings movement is now coming to the fore. And you've got the likes of Fitwell and the Well Standard, um, who are pioneers in that area. And they are completely holistic standards, really good standards to achieve. Our focus was, let's just narrow this down into one aspect of healthy buildings and look at indoor air quality. It is a main determinant for our health and it touches everyone in the building. So you don't need the buy-in for nutrition and exercise. Um, but also we wanted to aim to make it relatable to the end user whether that is a person living in a built to rent scheme or whether you're an employee um, or a tenant in a commercial building. Um, so really wanted to communicate the, the benefit, both health-wise and productivity-wise, because we know that indoor air quality does have both of those angles. It touches your health and well-being. So if you're asthmatic, you're going to be particularly prone to uh, symptoms or attacks if there are high levels of fine dust um, and also the productivity angle. So making the business case compelling if you're the finance person looking at the bottom line. So so that's what we aim to do. Obviously, air quality has come much more into focus um, since the health crisis. Um, I guess, uh, what influence has, has that had and, and how have you seen that playing through into, I, I suppose, take up an interest? Yeah, so I think pre-COVID, it was very much a nice to have all of these um, like health and well-being initiatives were. And then there was a slightly more compelling business case because it gave you a competitive advantage to have a healthy building. Um, whether that was on the investment front because healthy buildings are seen as future-proof and resilient, or whether that was making it a more competitive environment because you've got a healthy space so your workforce is more productive. I think now there's a complete shift change because it's gone from a nice-to-have or a competitive advantage to almost a must-have because people are seeing this as the assurance that they need to bring people back into a working environment. But also there is an anticipation about legislation and more regulation coming into play around indoor air quality, because we've seen a lot of focus on humidity and PM 2.5, which is fine dust, and its associations with COVID, uh, particularly when it comes to how long the virus can remain airborne for. Um, how far it can travel, but also the survival rate of the virus itself. Really interesting to see how all of these things are beginning to come into play in the market now, Francesca. Um, and I'm sure this is going to continue for some time. Um, so thanks very much for joining us. Thank you.